We're unabashedly obsessed We've got to get it off our chest Please sit there and be quiet Hey everyone. Hello. Welcome to Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Aaron. On our show we like to talk about things related to pop culture. And not so pop culture. And this is the first week of All Hallows Steve. Ooh. Uh, before we get started on the first topic of All Hallows Steve, Aaron, I, I wanted to get a little philosophical with you. Uh-oh. I really, sometimes you you find situations where you just have to ask yourself, Aaron? Would you munch? I have a, a new would you munch question for you. You have a, you have a hypothetical <laughs> munch squad for me? I do. Okay. I do. All right. Let's um, find out. Would I munch? So I was eating. Um, as, as you recall from last week's episode, I still have that tub of apple caramel. Mm-hmm. So today, in the special segment within a segment, would you munch colon apple caramel squad. Sure. I was eating the Target brand tortilla chips with... Dipped in the refrigerated apple caramel. How'd you even do that? It was frustratingly breaky at many moments in the in the in the whole endeavor. However, the slight saltiness of the chip with the cool aftertaste of the caramel really kind of worked. I'm concerned about the corn taste. It wasn't an issue. Okay. From what it wasn't like now remember, these are not like Fritos, which I think Fritos would be bad. Right. These are like, they almost have almost no taste to to my to my mouth. Okay. So um yeah, corn tortilla, uh, Target brand tortilla chips in apple caramel. Aaron, would you munch? I would munch. Okay. I don't know how I would ultimately feel about it, but I would try it. I have another hypothetical munch squad. Okay. This time, pivoting from the tortilla chips in the caramel to. I also, we also had uh, some spare cream cheese. I was grazing today, as you can maybe tell. Uh-huh. <laughs> I put a little cream cheese on the tortilla chip. I mean, that sounds fine. It was fine. It sounds not like something that I would be like, you know what I really want right now? But yeah. again, I would try it. There are not many things that I wouldn't be willing to at least try. Yeah. Thinking of it now, if I'd... Put a little garlic salt or maybe some like cayenne pepper on the cream cheese. Okay. I think that would have spiced it up. I mean, it literally would have, but I think it would have. It was fine texturally. Like it was just what I was looking for texturally. But taste wise, it was sort of like, yeah. Missing something. Yeah. And I think maybe a little bit of a little spice added would, would have done it. Okay. I'll keep you posted. Cool. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. I was excited to, to, to maybe try and seamlessly work in a little hypothetical munch squad. Yeah. I was having, I had planned on chicken tacos tonight. Okay. Um, forgetting that Kevin was gonna not be here, right. and that my children won't eat chicken tacos, right. so it would just be me. Yeah, and then we ended up kind of last minute. The neighbor girl came over to hang out for a bit while her dad had to do a thing, so she had dinner with us. So I ended up, I had all of the chicken taco stuff in the crock pot. Yeah, but I made Velveeta shells and cheese for the kids. Okay, and for a moment. I debated uh-huh. shells and cheese with the chicken taco stuff on top. I didn't do it. Okay. But I kind of wish I had. I, without hesitation, would munch the hell out of that. That yeah, sounds as I delicious. Was, as I was saying it, your eyes got real big and real excited looking. I thought you had somehow made the shells and then 
took the shells and the cheese and just stirred it into the taco corn mix and made like a Velveeta shells and Oh, it wasn't taco carne. corn. It, there was no taco corn mix. It was literally just chicken with old El Paso Re- taco seasoning. Did I say corn? I'm, I, you I, said I, corn. I, Did you mean chicken? The, yeah. They're basically the same yeah. thing. So if it was like, so it was just meat. It, yeah, it was just like shred, like the bar, the buffalo chicken oh, okay, okay, that you do, but it was right. taco flavored. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely eat that. Yeah. That sounds delicious. I kind of wish I'd done it. Yeah. Next time. Next time. That's what, that's what Hypothetical Munch Squad is all about. Yeah. Achieving dreams. Mm-hmm. Speaking of dreams, man, I wish that this that that we're what our topic that was. There was had any end. good way to segue yep. that? Um, How about nightmares. Nightmares, sure. Nightmare. We're talking about the Stephen King book Nightmares and Dreamscapes. No, we're not. You didn't read Nightmares and Dreamscapes nope. for this week. Nope. Okay, then let's talk about Mr. Mercedes. Let's. Um, Specifically, the TV show. The AT and T Network presents. Was it AT&T? I thought it was like... It was Audience Network, but it was like an AT&T production. Yeah, I saw it was an AT&T production. I thought it was for like direct TV only. I think it is. Okay. I think that um, my mother-in-law watched it because they got new phones through okay. AT&T oh. so that they could get a direct TV subscription because they cut cable. Oh, okay. Which feels like a long way to walk to get direct TV, but I guess... Yeah. Whatever. We watched it on DVD from the library. Yes, we did. And overall impression? Um, so we've both read the book. Yes. Overall, very good. Yeah, like, I really enjoyed it. Not only was it enjoyable to watch, but it was also fairly faithful to the book. Which, it was. Like, yeah, in all sorts of ways. Now, I think part of the reason that that is able to be true is because this is not a complicated Stephen no. King book. No. This is basically your run-of-the-mill police procedural this one is. This one is. The the trilogy delves into Stephen King land. Like, the second book just kind of has nothing to do with anything. And then the third book is like, oh, yeah, remember that first book? Let's wrap up that story. Yeah. But not in a regular police procedural way. Oh, man. Can I start off with my thing? Because my thing is sure. the very beginning. Yeah. So I watched the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, okay, well, I can skip the credits because I've seen these. Fast forward. The opening credits? Yep. Yep. Ugh. So I did fast forward. Yeah. Through all of them because at first I thought it was the same credits. Yep. It it took me maybe four episodes to realize that it was not that it was replaying. It was basically like replaying was, the events of the previous episode, sort of. So it was it was the the so the credits the synopsis of the credits is Bill Hodges wakes up right and gets ready for the day right. However. Each credit, each episode's credits incorporated the events of the previous episodes. Yeah. In a way that, like, I never thought that my mind could be blown from a credits concept. Right. Same. (laughs) And it took so long to realize because the first few episodes, not a whole lot is going on in Bill Hodge's world. Right. So the differences are so minute. When he woke up in his bed, I was like... Hold the phone. Why yeah. is he in his bed? I think that was, yeah, I think that was what it was for me too. Because the first few, he woke up in his lazy boy. Yeah. And then after the th- the explosion, mm-hmm. and it, it, the credits was just him staring into space for the entire credits, not yeah. moving, not doing anything. I was like, yeah. whoever directed these credits deserves an Emmy for the credits just alone. Just for the credits. <laughs> yes. They were yes. so good. 
No, it was so good. And like I still did fast forward. So the I was watching all of this on the TV up in my room, okay. which has the slowest fast forward. Mm. It basically puts it at like half again as fast. Right. So since there's no dialogue or anything, yeah, I just fast forwarded. I, like you can speed up the fast forward, sure. but like you hit the fast forward button one time and it basically goes to like one and a half speed. Right. So it was just fast enough where I was like, I can still see everything that's happening. So I get the flavor of the credits, yeah. but I don't have to listen to this song that I don't feel like listening to because right. I just want to get to the meat of the episode. And uh, yeah, was it the same song every time? Yes, that's what I that's what I thought. Yeah. I didn't know if it eventually changed. Um, when he started seeing Brady's artwork on his computer mm-hmm. and the artwork changed, that was my other big clue. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, that's not the same. Oh my god, have I been missing? I, I was half tempted. I think they were on the first disc and I was on the second disc making the realization. Oh, yeah. So I was like, well, I'm not going to go back. Yeah. But now, I mean, like, not since, like, probably The Simpsons have I been like, well, you got to watch the credits. Yeah. You got to, you know, and like, and your your way, I think I, I would still count that as watching the credits. That's oh, yeah. just. I didn't, you know, yeah. Netflix skip intro. Right. Which now I'm like paranoid about every other show that I do. Well, actually, I've been watching Cheers a lot. Uh-huh. The theme song to Cheers is such a jam that whenever Skip intro comes on, I'm like, are you kidding me? This this theme song is... And the, the credits don't change. The credits don't even do anything interesting. The theme song, I just love the theme song so much. I usually get annoyed that the Skip intro does not kick in early enough. <laughs> so like, yeah. um, Orange is the New Black. Yeah. I hate that theme song right so much yeah and so i'm like where is the skip intro and kevin and i just watched season two of american vandal uh-huh. um which i don't think we're gonna cover it on the podcast but it's good okay. um for I anybody heard i heard it's a little shittier than the first it is season. it is a little shittier than the first one actually i'd say it's a lot shittier than the oh, okay. first one um <laughs> poop humor <laughs> uh but yeah. yeah so and and that one was a little... That one was weird because it took a long time for the skip intro to turn on. Yeah. Like for the button to come up. And then it stopped not as far Didn't into skip the... skip enough of the... It did... Yeah. Like there was still like a good, you know, 10 or 15 seconds of credits left. Yeah. After... I wonder if there's some sort of contractual thing where it was like, well, you can't skip Jerry. Jerry, the Maybe. cinematographer, has it in his contract that... He gets, you know, whatever. Yeah. The Marvel uh, Netflix shows, I'm like, skip. I'm good. Yeah. Like. I don't need to keep watching they're, this. They're su- like, I'll watch the first, when like for a new Marvel show, I'll watch mm-hmm. the credits the first time. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. I'll, yeah. And then I'm like, I'm good. I've got Well, it doesn't give the you the skip intro option until the second episode. Oh, that's interesting. As far as I'm aware, I have not noticed a show that gives you the option to skip the intro. That's interesting. Huh. Okay. That's cool. not really relevant. But yeah, to what don't skip about. the intro for Don't skip the intro. If Mercy you guys, if you can get your hands on a copy of this yeah. season. Right. The performances were Brady was so good. Yeah. The guy who plays Bill Hodges is apparently mad eye moody, as James told me last yep. week, and I just sat there mouth agape for yeah. like three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um should we do like real quick overall Bill Hodges is a retired police officer, kind of haunted by the Mercedes killer case 
which is a guy who basically just mowed down a bunch of people outside a job fair, yeah. um, was never solved before yeah. he left. And the Mercedes killer contacts him in his retirement and is like taunting him. Right. And that's basically the plot of that's the show. pretty much it. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, well, I guess one, one further wrinkle, and this is all, this is all I really want to do in, in terms of plot synopsis. He starts working with some of the family of the person who owned yeah. the car. Yeah. That was the Mercedes that was stolen. Um, he started dating, he starts dating the sister of the woman who owned the Mercedes that right. was stolen in order to perpetrate the crime. And, her, and she's played by Mary Louise Parker from Weeds and... Oof, I'd forgotten how much I, I really have a crush on Mary Louise Parker. Yeah. Yeah. She's a she's a particular kind of kind of old school, like I feel like my tastes haven't changed or evolved or whatever, but like I haven't had a crush on that type of actress in a long time. Like okay. I don't really know I'm not saying like older, but like sort of like older. Okay. Like I didn't look up. I meant to look up how old she is, but then I didn't. I feel like she's of like, she's older than we are. She's definitely she's, older than we are. I think she's like in her 40s. Maybe late 40s. Late 40s? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. She doesn't look it. No. She is very pretty. She's very pretty. Yeah. And there she, was not really any eye candy for the people who enjoy to look, who enjoy looking at attractive men. Yeah, no. Like, Jerome was a good-looking kid, but he was a teenager. I mean, yeah. on his way to college, but still, like, too too young for my tastes. Right. I mean, yeah, no. Yeah, there's... Mm. I mean, like, Brendan Gleeson is a great actor. And he's a handsome man. Don't get me wrong, sure. but he's not like... But I would not... I wouldn't lump him in with eye candy. Now, he could... He could talk to me all, all the live long day. Yes. <laughs> As soon as he opened his <laughs> mouth with that Irish accent, yeah. his attractiveness meter ratcheted up pretty significantly. Did you? Uh, what? Uh, did the aging back in the flashbacks do anything for you at all? No, because it was really bad. It didn't make it. it yeah, it didn't make him look any younger. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "We'll put red in your beard. No one will know. This will be the most believable flashback ever." Yeah, I don't know. I'm willing to bet that Brendan Gleeson, like in his prime, yeah. He was a good-looking dude. Yeah. I haven't looked at p- pictures of him Yeah, when hey, he was, like, our age. If you're listening to this, go post some, some images of young Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. O- on our Facebook On our Facebook page. Unabashedly right. obsessed right. with unabashedly obsessed. I mean, you can post or, them where, anywhere. Yeah, wherever you want. The internet's but, a free space. Yeah, but, you know, for, for context for us. <laughs> right. But, yeah, there weren't really any other... I mean... Brady's a perfectly good-looking dude, except that in every... Like, I looked him up on IMDb, and he basically plays that type of, like, serial killer psychopath Yeah. in everything he's done. And so all of the pictures... Like, there was one where he was, like, holding a bloody human heart. Sure. And, like, there are no pictures of him not looking super creeper. Yeah. So... He could do this thing where he, like, uncrossed his... Like, he, like, let his eyes laze out. Uh-huh. And that was really great for the character. Yeah. You know, okay, so the guy playing Brady, whose name I have... Uh, Harry Treadaway yeah. is the name of the guy who plays Brady. Yeah. Um, looked like a psychopathic BJ Novak. I can see it. I can absolutely see it. Yep. Ganglier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, had a very similar facial thing going on as BJ Novak. Sure. But... Sure. Yeah. I can see Still it, yeah. Still ha- had, like, that... You know, 
psychopath look in his face. Yeah, that kinda... made him that made it really hard for me to be like, that's a good looking dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, hmm. there were. Lo- I mean, there were lots of. You know, there were attractive women of basically all ages in this. Yeah. And the neighbor. Yeah. Played by Holland Taylor. Yeah. Um, who I know as the female professor in Legally Blonde. Right. Um, but she's a good-looking woman. Yes, and her character would tell would tell you so. And and did quite frequently. <laughs> she was my she was my first disc favorite. Yeah. Yeah. She That's... was very good. So okay, so the thing I was gonna tell you before and I said I'd save it for the podcast. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to reread the book, but I did skim through it earlier today. There was a neighbor character who is obsessed with gardening in her lawn. Okay. Her name was Mrs. Melbourne. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't think, like, it was like a, he was walking inside and she said something about, your lawn is looking shaggy. You should call that boy to come mow your lawn because it's looking shaggy. And he was like, okay. And as far, like, that was the, that was the only interaction I saw in the first tenth of the book. Hmm. Like the first 15 chapters or so. The chapters are real short. Yeah. So I don't think she was as big a character. I wonder if her stuff they put on Janie and they had a weird, a more of an arc with Janie. Because I, I remember in, in the book. In the book. Because yeah. I remember there being, like, I remember some of the interactions he had with Ida mm-hmm. in the show. I remember those happening in the book. I remember right. being sort of like, it's. It's weird. It shouldn't be, but it's kind of weird when like people, like old people, are talking about having sex. Yes, it shouldn't be weird, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they split up that character into two. Well, so one of one of the notes that I wanted to talk about was mm. the introduction of this neighbor character who wasn't really a character in the book. Yeah. In the show, she basically, I mean, she flat out propositions him. She shows him a naked picture of herself on her phone. And she's like, let's have sex. You live next door so I can just go back home, sleep in my own bed. It'll be super convenient. I don't really have any other prospects and neither do you. He recoils. Yes. And then later, she's like mad at him. Uh Uh-huh. And she's like, I want you to look at the picture and I want you to say nice things about it. So he very awkwardly looks at the picture. He's like, it's very nice. Yeah. I felt really bad for him. Because the reason he recoiled is because he wasn't expecting a naked picture. Right. It had nothing right. to do with what what she looked like. Right. And I really think that the character should have recognized that it had nothing to do with what she looked like. It had to do with the fact that he thought he was going to like see a picture of like her granddaughter or right, something. Exactly. And she's like, hey, check out this picture I took on my phone. Right. But Yeah. yeah. One of the notes I had was, are they going to give him a romance with this neighbor lady who wasn't in the book instead of a romance with Janie? Right. Because they set up a romance with the neighbor early on before we meet Janie. Right. In the show. Right. And I was like, are they, do they not want to do the age difference thing? Because Janie is probably early 40s. Okay. Late 30s, early 40s, somewhere in there. Okay. Would you have said? I would have said older. Really? Yeah. Oh. I think in the book, she's like around our age. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, Late 30s, early 40s. In the 40s. book, yeah, yeah. Around our age. She, she's older than us, I think, Right. Probably, she's, but... she's older than us, but yeah. But yeah, and I mean, he's retired, so he's right. in his 60s. Right. But I think, I don't know. I was like, one of my notes was, did they not want to do the intergenerational romance? 
Right, right. But then they did it anyway. So I'm like, what the hell is the point of this neighbor lady then? And I think other than like comedic relief, it, it could be, and it could also be TV, like that it was they they had so many episodes before Janie got introduced. That's true. That you couldn't just have him talking to himself. I mean. That's true, because in the in the book, there's a lot of inner monologue, yeah. and he starts getting stuff from the Mercedes killer really early on, and yeah. it's mostly him thinking about what stuff the Mercedes killer has sent him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, spoiler for every. But it's not. It's not even a spoiler. Brady is the Mercedes killer. <laughs> this Brady character that we're talking yeah. about. It's not a spoiler. It's pretty obvious. In the show, I think... In the show and in the book, it's spelled out pretty explicitly pretty early on. I, I think I think in the show, it's the first scene is you see, we, him, put see the, him put on the mask. I think yeah. so. Um, in the book, it takes a second, but you're but like it's not a shock because you're yeah. like, oh, yep. Yeah. Oh, I had also asked you if his um, co-worker, Brady's co-worker, Lou, yeah. was in the book. She was, but her name was Freddie with an I. Okay, good. Yeah. And I didn't, like, just from skimming through, I couldn't tell if they had, I don't don't remember her at all. Yeah. In the show, there's a pretty big plot point with her being a lesbian and a lot of customers being super shitty about it. Yeah. They work at, like, a Best Buy type place. Yeah. In the book, I didn't see anything skimming through to indicate that, but I'm sure... Yeah, it was some. I'm sure that it was a plot point, and I just don't remember. I read the book probably a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah, I think that um, they definitely had to establish like she is being attacked and defending herself. Yeah, and, her, and their really crappy boss is not taking her side. Yeah. So I think, however, they did that in the book. I got the same feel from everyone yeah. um, in the show. Yeah. Oh, did he have a pet turtle? In the book. I don't recall him having a pet I don't remember him having a pet tortoise. Tortoise, not turtle. Tortoise. But yeah, in the show, he had this like big tortoise that just like hung out in his apparently unfenced backyard. I guess so. Or at least there there was a fence fence in the back, but there were some shots that seemed to be shot from like the fences over here. And it's shot like towards the front of the house. And it didn't look like there was a fence fencing off the front part of Hmm. But I, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't notice because I repeatedly thought, "Does that turtle just like voluntarily stay in the backyard?" Like, yeah. well, this is where I get my head of cabbage every day, so right. I'm not going to stray too far. It was weird when he ate some of the cabbage, like, or the head of lettuce, right? Oh, when Bill did, yeah, he, he was like, like he was just, yeah, he sort of took a bite out of it, and then was yeah. like, all right, anyway. So I was like, well, okay. There were a couple times he chucked it really hard at that poor tortoise. <laughs> I was like, dude, you just hit him. Yeah, I mean, that's like chucking a basketball at a kid. I mean, a, a kid protected by a Yeah, but still, wall. like somebody chucks a basketball at a kid wearing a bike helmet, it's still going to not feel great. That's true. You're right. Yeah. I'll change, I'll change my position on chucking balls at kids. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Two, it's probably not great. It's probably not great. Good. Yeah, I don't recall there being on, but speaking of animals, mm-hmm. I, I felt the tension ra- ra- ratchet up. And the equal relief as this is not one with a dead dog in it. Yeah. And I remember that from the book, but I also couldn't remember if Brady succeeded in killing the dog. Right. I was pretty sure not, but I couldn't remember. Yeah. They aged up Barbara, Jerome's little sister. Right. Because in the book, she was like 
Barbara was, I think, in middle school. Okay. So she was probably like 11 or 12. Okay. But they aged her up into high school. Like early high school. Like early high school for the show so that she could help Jerome plan the art gala that happened. Instead of the One Direction concert? Instead of the not One Direction, but totally One Direction concert? Yeah. Yeah. Which, Which is one of my other notes. The only the only major significant difference that I noted between the book and the show yeah. was this change from the art. I think I said gala earlier. I usually say they, gala. They, they pronounced it both ways in this show. Yeah, but typically the same character wouldn't pronounce right. it two different ways. Right. I don't know why I said gala before because I usually say gala. Yeah. But there was like an it was like an outdoor art festival. Yeah. For like a indoor, a new indoor art place. Yeah, it was it was strange. I didn't completely understand this came why in- they were introducing it yeah. until it was time for it to be the venue at the end. And I was like, oh, it's not going to be a concert. Cool. Okay. Be- I was like, why are they focusing so much <laughs> on this stupid art festival? Right, exactly. Why do they have Jerome involved in this art festival that didn't happen in the book? Yeah, I think... They made that. I know this is what you asked, but here's the answer I'm going to give for the question you didn't ask. Mm-hmm. I think they made that change uh, at, because this was a 2017 thing after like uh, the Ariana Grande stuff yeah. and the Vegas thing. There were yeah. lots of concert based terrorist stuff yeah. in 2017. So I think they were probably like, uh, hey, Siri, any news articles about an art gala? No? Okay, great. So I yeah, think that's no, that, why, that makes a lot of sense. You don't want to have a terrorist thing at the concert, especially in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Which means that they did a pretty good job of coming up with something else. Yeah. Because yeah. I would have been like, I mean, I don't know. Cancel the show? Play? <laughs> yeah. 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 But no, the art festival, I, th- I mean, it worked well. Yeah. Um, My only other note, I want to talk about the flaming arm. Okay. So... Midway through the season, Brady is trying to take out Bill Hodges and plants a bomb in his car. Right. Bill Hodges has proved, because Brady's strategy originally is drive Bill Hodges to suicide the way he drove the lady whose car he stole to suicide. Right. And it doesn't work because Bill Hodges is made of tougher stuff than that. And and has a nemesis in Brady, which is making him have something to fight. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's it's giving him purpose again right. in his life. Also, he's Irish, so drinking himself to death is going to take a whole lot longer. Right. Although he he did suggest that he uh, eat his gun. Yes, so, I know. But yeah. yeah, there were there were a lot of references to how much Bill Hodges drinks. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, he's Irish though, and yeah. and he's a big dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's going to take. Like, yeah, he's downing whiskey like it's water, but yeah. My understanding of the Irish culture is that it is. Yeah. Yeah. Whiskey is water. (laughs) Um, So they're at Janie's mother's funeral. Right. And. Who died of not Brady related causes. Yeah. She died of being just so old. Right. And Janie's cousin, Holly, who is an amazing character. Yes. Yes. And when I first saw her, so the character's like in her early 30s. She's 31 and a half years old. (laughs) And the first time you see her, she's wearing like platform keds, this long 
sunflower printed dress over like a white baby doll t-shirt. And I mean, she looks like she stepped out of Adelia's catalog in 1996. Right. And so I actually made a note. Oh, I guess they aged her down. Yeah. Nope. And I remember in the book them talking a lot about how she appeared younger than she was. Yeah. Didn't realize it was going to be quite that significant. Yeah. But she basically presents herself as a teenager. Right. But not like a, you know, 30-year-old woman trying to dress cooler than she is. No, it's more like she just hasn't changed her outfits since middle school. Right. She just keeps wearing the same stuff she wore in middle school. Right. So... She, she's so good. She's so good. And the character has a lot of quirks. Yes. She's, I would say, on the somewhere on the spectrum. Sure. In terms of, like, she's very, very bright. But, like, after you, when you introduce yourself to her, you have to shake hands. You know, you shake hands with her. And then she will ask you to do the same thing, but with your left hand. When there was the the voiceless thing, when she was meeting someone, at the near the very end... She was shaking someone's hand, and then she, and then you, they did. It was over a mo- like an instrumental montage. It was like when she was getting the apartment or something. Yeah, yeah. And like, you saw her move her, your lips, and the guy they shook with the other hand. I was like, yeah. oh, she's so good. It makes it. Like, Can it be a pleasure to meet me with your left hand? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and everybody's just like, okay. Oh, Jerome and Holly. I would watch a show of Jerome and Holly all day long. Yeah. They're so. They were very good together. Um, she was on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, was she? Yeah. She was a minor, minor, minor character, but I was like, she looks familiar. All of her pictures on IMDb, she's blonde. Huh. She may have been blonde in Mrs. Maisel, too. It's it's a very different look. Yeah. Um, so, sorry. So, yeah. So, Janie's cousin, Holly, is her mom is just not understanding and is very controlling and stuff. Yeah. And so, Holly's, like, having a panic attack. Right. I don't remember what about, but her mom is like, Holly, you're being ridiculous. And Holly says, I want to go... I want I want to ride home with Bill. Right. And she's having her panic attack, and Janie says, "I'll go get the car." Right. So Bill gives her his keys, and Janie gets in the car, and Brady blows up the car. Yep. So, at her mother's funeral, Janie is blown to smithereens, and in the book, there's a I specifically remember. It being a big thing where Bill is like looking at the wreckage and sees Janie's arm. Oh, I didn't remember that. It was in the book too? It was in the book. And it was like a thing where he like looked at the arm. And like I remembered, like if you had, if you had asked me before I saw all this, what do you remember about Janie's arc? I would have been like, I would have said, you know, romance with Bill. She blows up and he like super notices her arm just lying in the middle of the street. Interesting. So her arm is lying in the middle of the street on, or in the show. Yeah. But no attention was brought to it. Like, you could have completely missed it if you blinked. Right. Which I thought was interesting that they included that, but didn't make a thing out of it. Like, they didn't zoom in on it. Right. It was very strange to me. Also, who was stumbling around? A bystander. Just some woman. I was like... I went back, did, I rewound it, and I was like, did Janie get out of the car and collapse? Yeah. Because I thought she was in pieces. And then I was like, did Holly somehow get all the way over there? Um, there I just watched the Beatles movie Help last night. And uh-huh. it, spoilers for this uh, very, very old movie. Um, at the end, the bad guys blow up this tank that the Beatles are supposedly in right after it drives through this house made of straw. Sure. And and they're like, yeah, we won our bazooka. We we've won the we've won the war or whatever. Blah blah blah. And of course, 
the beetles have hopped out of the tank into that straw house. Right. So, yeah, I was sort of thinking something like maybe she rolled out when she, something happened. But if they had not killed off that character, I would have been upset. Oh, because that's a for huge. Sure. I mean, that's that would be a huge deviation from the source material and. Also, like, her death is a major driving force for a lot of things with Bill. Right. And it's all, like, I remember reading it and being like, oh, my God, what? Yeah. They've... It was it was a very Stephen King, what the fuck just happened kind of twist moment. People who've seen the God, the first Godfather movie, it was like in that. The horse head thing? No, the, there's a... Is that the second Godfather? The, the horse head is in the first one. Oh, okay. Um, there's an, uh, a car explosion in oh. Godfather that okay. is... Similarly, like, oh my god, like you, you you don't see it you you don't see it coming, and it's sort of like out of nowhere this thing happens. Okay, where you sort of start to uh, imagine that cars are going to be blowing up all over the place now because right. it it catches you so off guard. Okay, yeah. so yeah, it, I remember reading the book and being like, oh wow, I don't. I remember reading the book and being like, and then watching the show and being like, wait. Who is, I think Ida threw me off because I was like, is she the OCD one? The like compulsive, whatever. And I was like, oh no, okay. It's Janie, the sister. Right. Okay. Right. And I was like, no, wait. And then Holly stood up. Not, it wasn't the first line that Holly had where she asked for, she can't possibly finish her diary in a blue felt tip pen or blue tip pen. It was whatever the second line was. I was like, I said, I texted, I messaged you. I was like. Oh, Holly, right. Yeah, because last week I said something about Holly and you thought I was talking about Janie and I was like, oh, you haven't mm-hmm. met Holly right. yet. And I, and like it all when, and I knew, I knew when we met Holly, I was like, oh, Janie's for sure blowing up. Because I had been yeah. like, are they going to blow up? I feel like with Stephen King adaptations, there's always one question of, are they going to do it? Yeah. They're going to go full King or mm-hmm. are they going to chicken out? And I'm glad that they did. Yeah. Well, an exploding car is kind of an easy thing to do. If if your big shock moment is an yeah. exploding car. Um, and I guess this would be one of the big shock moments. The poison yeah. was sort of another big shock the moment. The poison I had remembered. I remembered the poison. I had completely forgotten what a pervy, pervy person Brady's mom was. Yeah. Like, I, which the fact that his mother is like sexually abusive and codependent and like there's this whole thing that is a like is a good portion of the reason why he is the way he is right i mean he was a bad seed from the get-go but she certainly didn't help that's what makes her like the sobriety thing yeah i think that she could have made it i think she was like she was on the up and up Mm -hmm. and then for he, that whole day. He drug her For, back down. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like I had completely forgotten about all of that. Yeah. Until it like once it started it got going I was like, "Oh, yeah, no, I do. I do remember." Yeah. This cuz yeah, the first like scene with them where she's like sitting there in her underwear. Yeah. I'm like, "This is weird." Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> It's a it's a very very rich story. She was really good. She was very. She very was good. extremely, like, yeah. That actress did. Well, find out what yep. her name is. Especially when she was in that scene with not Anthony Michael Hall. The scene with 
the the guy that picks her up at the Kelly Lynch is her name. Mm. Oh oh oh, the ex boyfriend. Yeah yeah or, yeah or, or the her old her friend her old friend. I'm not sure. They it didn't in all the lines they have they didn't appear to have dated, but they were sort of in the same crowd of people that dated among. Oh, I I had the impression that he was like her high school boyfriend. Cause he no, cause she was like, remember I was going with so and so, and you oh. were going with so and so. Yeah, I. But yeah, about I mean, that. like it's not it's not important. But yeah, I can't find that actor in the IMDb. I couldn't find him at all. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not Anthony Michael Hall. But it looked exactly like how Anthony Michael Hall looked in Edward Scissorhands, except squatter. Okay. So I was like, maybe old Anthony Michael. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, she was very very good, and horrifying but also sort of tragic like when she was thinking back about her cheerleading and like how she you know like it would have been fine but yeah yeah she she's a really interesting character she is one of those brilliant like conceits of stephen king's mind where like she's so fucked up like you don't really feel bad for brady no brady goes through a lot of shit that contributes to him being the way he is yeah but for the most part he was never gonna be a good guy like he maybe could have avoided the you know epic homicidal slaughter of people right but he was always going to be the type of kid who you know shot puppies with bb guns and you know put gerbils in the microwave right she i think was a product of why are you... I'm just playing the dentist song from Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, okay. I was like, why are you grinning when I just said I something sh- about microwaving gerbils? Shoot a puppy with a BB gun. I'd yeah. Something. Is that, that's where I got that from. I couldn't yeah. figure out where I had pulled that one from. Anyways. He could have grown up to be a dentist. He could have grown up to be a dentist. Instead, he grew up to be the Mercedes killer. Right. But you can see that she was probably not... She probably didn't always have the inclinations that she grew to have in adulthood right with the you know molesting her son i don't think that started until he was much older and she was already so broken by drink and grief yeah yeah that like she's a really tragic character because you could see a trajectory where she turned out just fine yep absolutely yeah but you know yeah I'm surprised they didn't work in like uh like opioid stuff, like an opioid epidemic. Yeah. Angle. They just let her be a drunk. Yeah. Instead of yeah. Um I was thinking about this. So is Bill Hodges the avatar for Stephen King? Like hit all his stuff about like young people and like Maybe. Cause I was thinking about how Stephen King I mean like and Andrew and Craig have talked about this on on Overdue. But, like, how Stephen King puts himself into his books, especially when the main character is an author or whatever. Yeah. But I think it's interesting to watch how Stephen King's main characters become older and older men. Yeah. So it's sort of like, all right, I still see you there, Stephen King. Like, yeah. Like, you know, the guy in Pet Cemetery was sort of a family, you know. Mm-hmm. you know, A family man. Family man, young kids. Bill Hodges has, you know, adult children. Yeah. Or adult child. Yeah. Yeah. So... I will say when I first sat down to read Mr. Mercedes, I wasn't I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about Bill Hodges as a protagonist. Yeah. Cuz like, I mean, he's not a pleasant person. No. 
<laughs> like, I mean, you grow very attached to him throughout the course of the series. Yeah. But, like, he's a curmudgeon. He's a grump. He's yeah. an alcoholic and not the nicest guy in the world. And I also, I was like, am I going to be able to identify with anything about this character? Right. Like, he's, you know, old enough to be my dad. Right. He's a dude. He's all, you know, he's a curmudgeon. He's all of these things that I can't identify with. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I really, I, I, I came to really, really like him as yep. a character in the book and in the show. Yeah, absolutely. He wasn't Irish in the book. I don't believe like so. Like there no. was, or at least there was no mention of him. Right. Yeah. I'm really glad they just let Brendan Gleeson have his own voice. Me too. Um, he it was, was one of the high points for me. Absolutely, it was very, very good. Um, he had the same relationship. He had a quartet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was he was the gunslinger. Yeah. I mean, it it's a one it's a literal one to one correlation. Yeah. He was the gunslinger, and then once you read Drawing of the Three, you'll see that Jerome is Eddie. And mm-hmm. uh, Holly is Susanna. Okay. And then there's a Jake character, the little boy who is the tortoise, I guess. There was no fourth person of the quartet. Ida. I guess so. But did Ida? Ida wasn't there at the at the end. She wasn't there at the end, but she was. She was a pretty constant presence, and yeah. like and spent yeah. time with yeah, Jerome true. and Holly. I mean. I, I think that would be where the one to one ratio falls apart. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um Jerome's sister, Barbara, eventually kind of signs on as yeah. as the fourth. I think in the second book? In the the, the second book is uh is a basically a Barbara spin off story. Yeah, it's it's like a tre- the book is like about a treasure hunt. Yeah. Right? Ba- Barbara's friend discovers these old books. Right. And and there's someone who and has stolen there, these books. And, and wasn't there some kind of it may have been in the third book, there was some kind of like handheld game device that was like brainwashing people. Cause I remember them mentioning like she was playing it and it was yellow and she like stepped off the curb and almost got hit by a car. It may have been in End of Watch, not Finders Keepers. That sounds familiar. But I don't recall what it, what it was. I think that was End of Watch. I think that was End of I Watch. Because I recall there being... Didn't he use it in, in the climax of End of Watch at the cabin? Maybe. I don't really like remember the, snow the climax stuff. of End of Watch, to be honest. He, the, there's like a snowstorm coming and like okay. he has to drive to this remote cabin and stuff. Okay. Um, Finders Keepers, the second one, is most... Like Brady is basically catatonic in most of it, isn't he? Basically. I mean, like, he is not physically functioning. Correct. By the third one, he gets use of his body again, right? Right. Remember, he starts using that nurse. He he projects into the nurse. Right, right. So he doesn't get use of his body. And then he, but then he, he like projects into the nurse and then somehow projects back into him like right he's some i don't remember it's like his consciousness can jump bodies yeah um remember how we said it gets real stephen kingy yeah um it gets real stephen king so at the end of mr mercedes the book there is like brady starts some of the telekinetic stuff i think i think it's the end of um mr mercedes the book with the frame falling over yeah and they didn't do any of that in 
the TV show, did they? They started playing the Pixies song. So there's there, there's a recurring Pixies song. Is that song. the one that you're wondering if I was mm-hmm. going to ask about? It's uh, from Doolittle, and it's called Here Comes Your Man, and it has this this very iconic guitar part that goes dun 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 um and in the last scene spoilers um of the show um it's nothing 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 just like the heart monitor and then as if through like a headphone jack that is being that is sort of on the fritz but it's but you can twist it so that the wires work that song comes back on it sort of like fades back through the heart monitor no just like over the soundtrack but it's meant to imply there's still stuff going on okay yeah because there was definitely a moment where i was like are they not doing a season two yeah they definitely are are... just ending because like holly beats the shit out of brady right and And i I was like there's no way he survived that but then and so i thought that and then like bill has his heart attack right and i mean spoilers but right and so i was like is this going to be the end? And then he wakes up in the hospital and I was like, okay, well, it's at least not the end of the episode, but, right. but yeah, there wasn't, cause at one point he was looking out the hospital room window, like across into another hospital building yeah. where lights were on. And I was, why I, again, I rewound it to make sure that I hadn't missed something. I was expecting to see like lights flicker, right? but nothing. Right. I think that was probably, probably Brady's room. And then he got to go there on his way out. Yeah. Does make sense from an architecture of the hospital standpoint, unless I guess that wing was where the exit was. And I mean, to... he may have requested that yeah. they bring him there before he left. They were pretty... They were pretty, pretty accommodating. accommodating. <laughs> I suppose hero of the city. Yeah. Um, there's a... The show Trial and Error is really funny. Um, Never heard of it. It's uh, it's really good. It has two seasons. Um, John Lithgow was in the first season and Kristen oh. Chenoweth uh, was in the second season. Okay. It's very Parks and Recy sort of office It's very good. You should check it out. In the second season, this guy keeps doing heroic things, and they keep giving him the combination to the city okay. because the key got stolen. <laughs> but the combination to the city is always like a single number. Oh. They're like, it's eight. Well, now we have to change it again. So at the very end, he gets the key to the city again, and it's nine. Oh, geez. So funny. Anyways, um, yeah, so they were very comedy. But yeah, I think that um, it occurred to me that Holly beating the crap out of him activated innate psychic ability. Yes. I had never put that together before because in the book, she has like a sock with pennies in it. Do yeah. I, it's, or it, quarters or dollar, silver dollars yeah, or something. Yeah, she had like packed herself a weapon just in case. Yeah. It was like an intentional thing on her part. Whereas in the show, she's just carrying around this bulldog statue because she likes it. Right. Because it, it reminds her because Bill's daughter got it for him because it reminded her of him, which is hilarious. Yes. And accurate. So accurate. Like the part where he's like, <laughs> I don't see it. And I'm like, of course you don't, you old bulldog, you. And then Holly kind of gloms onto it. Yeah. Because she understands that it It is is him. Oh, man. She's so good. So my my disc one favorite was Ida. Uh Disc two was Janie. Sure. Disc three was Holly. Yeah. But Holly wins out. Because, like, God, she was so good. When she was drinking that that milkshake. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. She mm. is. She's a very, very good character. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what they do with her. And season two, I think, is coming out. If you have Directv, I think it's coming out. Like, currently. oh, awesome. Yeah, they definitely have like credits for stuff in season two on like IMDb and Wikipedia yeah. and stuff. So yeah, yeah, which is good. All right, cool. So, Let's do social media. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a Facebook page which we talked about a little bit before. It's called Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed. As long as you're not a robot, uh, you can get in. Um, 
we have no way we don't have any questions or anything but uh you know we'll know who you are don't yeah. be a robot don't be a robot join and show us pictures of young brendan gleason mm-hmm. absolutely or mary louise parker of any age yeah they... gross <laughs> such a gross noise it, it really is um, like not the noise itself but like the intent behind the noise yeah because like the intent is to be gross but like mm. funny gross right and you combine it with the fact that it's kind of a gross noise sure it just a, makes it even there's, more there's, gross. There's, there's much gross. There's many levels of grossness. Many levels of grossness. But we also uh, just have fun doing lots of different stuff um, on on that Facebook group, depending on sort of what our what our whims are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the whims of the other members. Exactly. We also have a Twitter. Yes. It is at UFO Podcast, where you decide what the F stands for. This week, I think the F stands for Flaming Arm. Okay, fair enough. I was going to say Finders Keepers. Finders Keepers is season two question mark? That was what I wanted to ask. Do you think that season two will just be the entirety of Finders Keepers? I and think so. Season three will be end of watch and then that's it? Yeah. That'd be that'd be how I'd want it. That would be ideal. Yeah. yeah. Although they can't do Finders Keepers exactly as the book because Bill Hodges was barely in it. And they're not going to just have Brendan Gleeson being like, hey, I'm here again. All right. Anyway, see you later. Get I mean, back to your story. Might. Maybe, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, we have individual Twitter handles. Yep. Uh, I am at unabashed James. I'm at unabashedly Aaron. We have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash unabashedly obsessed. We write newsletters every month and we do five recommendations. If you uh, join the the appropriate tiers. This month, our newsletter has pictures of my dogs. It so does. That in, when I was writing it, all those pictures appeared sideways. Many people have let me know that once I hit publish, those pictures righted themselves just fine. <laughs> it's weird that the preview would be wrong. Because yep. like, then what is what good is a preview? Exactly. Um, but yeah, we alternate who writes the newsletter. So I'll write uh, mine for November. And yep. I don't know what I'm going to write about. But yeah. Um, I didn't know what I was going to write mine about. I usually make an 11th hour decision. And we occasionally in the past have been known to, for theme months, write a bonus newsletter. Now, we're, don't hold us to that. But oh, that's right. It's happened before. So, um, so yeah, join our Patreon. Uh, the next person that joins is basically going to push us over into live stream territory. Yep. So it's going to be fun. We also have a merch store, cafepress.com slash unabashedly obsessed, if you want to put our cartoon faces on things. And if you ever have ideas for merch, I'm not going to guarantee anything, but let us know about them. Yeah. Like, we want to hear if about there's them. there's something you want to see, Yeah. let us know. Uh, I guess uh, Kids on Bikes. Yeah. We're recording another episode of Kids on Bikes on Saturday. Yeah, we are. It's going to be fun. It's going to be so good. Um, episode uh, chapter two of the first arc came out on Sunday and people seem to have been enjoying it. I mm-hmm. enjoyed it when I listened to it. Same. Um, I still was pretty terror struck even though I knew what happened. Uh-huh. Uh, I still was sort of like, sort of coming I to a small... I can hear it in your voice on the recording. I know. It's so funny to hear me be like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> It's got to be interesting for you, too, to listen to it, not being that far removed from the recording. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because when you listen to Unabashedly Obsessed, it's like a year ago. Yes. Yes. So you're like, I barely remember that we recorded this episode. I literally listened to an episode the other day that I was like, man, that was really good, those people. Yeah. But this one, we recorded like a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, new episodes come out on the 15th and last day of every month. So, yes. so um, come out check on out. Halloween. I mean the 15th, yeah. but also Halloween. Yeah, exactly. 
Chapter two of 1994 came out today. Oh yeah, I'm in the middle of it. Well, I'm, I'm not. I have not started listening to it yet, and I'm not in it. Right. You won't hear my voice until chapter four. Right. It's very good though. But it's very good. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying it even more than I enjoyed chapter one. Yeah. Like already, I'm. I think I'm like six minutes in, and I'm like, yeah, this like, is the I'm stuff. Like I'm just. I'm. I'm. The cast is just very talented. Yeah. And the production quality and stuff is just really good i'm yeah. really i'm really i am enjoying it as a listener yeah and would be even if i was not also a part of it yeah yeah so definitely yeah. so go check that out absolutely i don't know i'm not entirely sure what the release schedule for that one is because it goes up early for patrons right and then it goes up and i haven't like figured out i think it goes up basically bi-weekly okay maybe yeah we'll have to see when chapter three comes out Okay, so chapter one came out September 18th. Chapter two came out today. So yeah, I think it's going to be like a bi-weekly Yeah, that release. sounds right. Thank you to Jamie Shaheen for the use of our theme song. Did you guys know there was a ladder down here? If you want to find more from Jamie, you can find his band, A Silent Few, on YouTube. And thank you also to Emily Cardamus for our logo art. You can find Emily on Twitter at Corrupted Gem and on Tumblr at artfulhypothesis.tumblr.com. You might want to subscribe to her podcast, Guilty Treasures. She was hinting at some stuff today that, if true, is gigantic. Yeah? Travis-related gigantic. Ooh. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it. Yes. This has been a luxury automobile level of quality episode. No? What does that even mean? Like a Mercedes. Well, no, I get that. Like, it's really good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Episode of Unabashedly Obsessed. <laughs> I'm James. I'm Aaron. Smoking kills. And so do pennies. And so does Brady. That's true. A lot. And so does Bill. Uh, I guess. What did Bill kill? I don't know. Kill Bill? That's a different series. Uh, different franchise. But what if Not... it crossed over? Mm. Bill Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs>